Now, who can tell me, what do you think, if you were to look up the word insecurity, you would find in the dictionary? Anybody want to give me a, an answer, maybe, you think? Doubt. Doubt. Very good. Fear. Fear. Not stable. Not secure. Not secure. You're right. Well, um, I did look up the word, and a lot of those words were under the definition <laughs> unsteadiness, a lack of confidence, a feeling of weakness. So I'll repeat that. Unsteadiness, a lack of confidence, a feeling of weakness. And weak, if you were to look up that word, means strengthless or feeble. And it, on your little handout that you see, number one, we'll just start out and say, anybody want to guess what that, that little line would be? Everyone has weaknesses or insecurities. You know what the devil wants to tell us? You're the only one that feels this way. You're the only one that has this insecurity. You're the only one that's struggling. And that is a lie straight from the devil. Straight from the devil. I mean, just this morning, things that went through my head of just insecurities and, and feelings of weakness, how we all struggle with insecurities. And I was, I was thinking about the subject and I thought about Bible examples, Bible figures that God used that had areas of insecurities. I think of Eve and, you know, it could come in all shapes and all different sizes. It could be our personality. It could be our looks. It could be our past. It could be our physical problems, whatever it might be. But I think of Eve. She had no mother. She had no parents. She had mistakes that she would have to deal with, the consequences for the rest of her life that influenced her family. I think of Sarah. She had no children for a long time. She had a lack of protection from her husband. She had mistakes that she had to live with, with Ishmael. I think of Leah, a lack of love from her husband. I think even worse than not having the love that she needed from her husband is she watched her sister receive all the love that she wanted. I mean, to me, that just pierces my heart to know this is the man that I want to love me. And not only does he not love me, he loves my sister so very much. And I can't even imagine how you, the insecurities that she must have felt. She also had um, the physical eye problem. Joseph was rejected from those he truly loved. He was a stranger in Egypt. He was forgotten by those he helped. Jochebed was under harsh government laws. She watched her child be raised with another mother. And so she watched that as well. Moses um, was rejected by family. He had a speech problem. He had followers that he loved and served were disloyal. I think of Samuel. Can anybody tell me a reason maybe Samuel would be insecure? He wasn't raised by his family. He grew up in an ungodly environment. David was criticized for standing for right. And that could be an easy one to be insecure. You know, when we're standing for right, we expect for everybody to get behind us. But often this... The opposite is true. Um, he had a spouse that was disloyal. He was hurt by leadership. He was hurt by leadership. Paul was rejected from fellow Christians. He had guilt from the past, and he had physical problems. Now, airing our lives today in 2023 might be different than Bible figures, but we all have insecurities. Like I said, our personality, our appearance, our family, our past. But we have to realize that every human being was created with the desire to feel needed, wanted, loved, and appreciated. That's the way we were made. We all were made, and so we're not odd to want to feel wanted, right? We're not odd to want to feel needed and to want to feel loved and appreciated and cherished and that something about us is special. We all were created with that. 
um, being transparent with you today, I've struggled with insecurities my whole life. And I think if we're all honest, we've all struggled. I can think of how it just started in teenage years. Maybe that's where it starts. You know, and I honestly thought, I am 40 years old, that if I, when I got to this part of my life, that I would be way past insecurities, right? I thought when you grew up, like you got rid of those things. And I try to tell my girls, no, you don't understand. It started then. But if you don't get victory, it's with you. It's with you. And that's why I feel like it is such a big hurdle for us to get victory, though. We must identify our insecurities. What makes us feel insecure, right? And that's the only way we can get victory. But I look back in my life. I remember in junior high, right? I felt like, have you ever felt just so like a fish out of water, right? I don't fit in. You know, I'm my personality just doesn't fit in. I remember um, this same different things in high school, just different things. My mom has a voice like an angel, right? And I remember everybody thinking that I was going to sing like her. <laughs> and I remember when I got older and everybody, I felt this disappointment that Heather does not sing like her mother, you know? And I know nobody meant to, to, to make me feel like that. But when you don't meet the expectations of others, you feel insecure. Um, I remember when we first got married, I could not cook anything. And my mother-in-law, everything she touched, you know, just tasted wonderful. And I remember feeling so insecure and praying, Lord, please. I would pray as I'm putting it in the oven. And I'm praying as I take it, Lord, please allow this to taste good, you know. And because I was very insecure in that. I remember as a mom, remember when you got that baby and you don't know what you're doing? This is your first baby and all this is so new. It's so insecure, a feeling of weakness. And then as a pastor's wife, insecure in meeting the expectations of people. Insecure, I, I know I've always felt like I did not have good leadership qualities. Now, we're going to talk about where this comes from because you know who puts all these thoughts in our head? The enemy. The enemy is the one behind these thoughts in our head. Your insecurities might be completely different than mine, but we all have them. And to me, that's comforting. To me, to know that we really all have insecurities. It's not just me. Maybe yours are different. Maybe your mom left you when you were young. My, my grandmother, which is my mom's mom, her mom left her, which was in probably the 40, 30 years of 40s, until to her dying day, just a month or two before she passed away, she still wanted to talk about that. And the pain that she felt from that, that was 80 years before. And how that can leave a scar and this insecurity for sure. Maybe you were not accepted from your family or from your peers. Maybe you have had some bad decisions in your past and you're just very insecure about that. You've lost someone that was very close to you. You are not talented like other people. Maybe you have health problems or you're struggling, struggling financially. Whatever it might be, the devil wants to torment you with your insecurities. And he does oftentimes. These insecurities are weaknesses that feel like holes. Now, what do you do if you get to church and you realize you have a big hole in your sweater or in your hose? What do you do all day long? You worry about that and you're constantly trying to cover it up, you know, to make sure nobody sees that. And it's something that bugs you all day long, right? Um, just this morning, you know, I go to put on a pair of hose and there's a hole in it. I'm like, I am not struggling with this all day long. Praise the Lord. I had another pair, you know, but that will, we just try to cover it up. We want, we want people to see that. And honestly, if we were to open up our hearts, we would see our insecurities are kind of like holes. 
there are areas in our life that we do not feel adequate in. We feel very weak and we want to cover those up. We think of women today, how we try to cover up those holes. Um, maybe, and I think of teenage girls, how do they try to cover up that hole of insecurity? Oftentimes with a boy, right? They feel that that would fill that void. Maybe, um, us might be, if we could get attention, that would, that would cover up the hole. If we could get a new car, a new outfit, or if we could criticize someone else, that could cover up our hole and nobody would notice it. Or if we get so many people that will like us, or if we maybe, if bitterness might cover up that hole, or self-pity. And those are some things that the devil wants to use for us to try to fill the hole in our lives. Women, women are searching for affirmation and acceptance more than any other time. I believe that we see everyone on the internet that looks like they are perfect and they have a perfect life and a perfect home and their house is decorated perfectly and they have no problems. But guess what? That's not true. We all are insecure. We all have areas of weakness, but we're searching for that acceptance and that affirmation. Now the Bible says in Colossians two, if you could turn there with me, Colossians two. Verse 9 and 10. The Bible says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are what in him? Complete. Now we hear people say this, but we've got to take it literally, right? We are complete in him. If you need a father, he's the best father of all. If you need a friend, he is a friend. Now, he is invisible. We do not see him, but we have to believe the scripture. He's a comforter. He's a guide. He's a helper. He's everything I need. So number three, accept what God has allowed to come in your life. It wasn't an accident. The size of your nose was not an accident. Your height was not an accident. Your family that you were raised in is not an accident. It was on purpose from God. Amy Carmichael says, In acceptance lieth peace. Now, if you could turn with me to 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. And we've heard this verse already, but it's just such a powerful verse. Verse 8, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. This is Paul talking about the one in the flesh that he was dealing with. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. I love this. For my strength is made perfect in security. Is that what the Bible says? My strength is made perfect in weakness. <clears throat> when it says my grace is sufficient, sufficient if I was to make a or to make cookies and I would just and I was to say I have sufficient sugar. That would mean I have enough. I have enough for the recipe. His grace is sufficient for whatever insecurity that you're dealing with. He has the exact amount of grace. Infirmity there means a feebleness of body or mind, a frailty, frailty, which I thought was interesting. God never wastes pain and suffering. I know we've sang the song even this weekend, Oh, rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistakes. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. Now this is where it gets exciting to me. Number four. Realize each insecurity is actually an opportunity. God can fill that hole if he wants to. He can do anything. But he may just shine 
through the hole. So if I were to have, I actually have a sweater up there. Could you put, I have a green sweater in that little basket back there. I'm late from yesterday. Can you come up and, <laughs> so we're gonna pretend like this sweater. Can you put it Sure. Okay. <laughs> if you can uh, find the correct <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm... So if we could see inside of our heart, we feel like these insecurities have produced holes, right? And we're always trying <laughs> to fill the hole, right? And honestly, if we could see the inside of me, this is what it would look like with the areas of weaknesses or insecurities. And you know, God could, if he wanted to, touch every hole, every insecurity, every weakness, but he might just want to shine through the hole. He might just want to shine through the hole. Thank you so much. I just wanted to... The Bible says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I think of Fanny Crosby. If you were to think of Fanny Crosby, what do you think she would say was her main insecurity? Blindness, correct? She was born in New York, and when she was two months old, she became ill. Unfortunately, the family doctor was away, and another man pretending to be the certified doctor treated her with hot mustard on her eyes. She got well from the sickness, but the treatment left her blind. A few months later, her father died. Her mother was forced to find work as a maid, and her, grand, her Christian grandmother raised her. Her love for poetry began early, and her first poem was written at the age of eight. Now tell me if this sounds like a lady that was overcome by insecurity. Oh, what a happy soul I am, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't to weep and sigh because I'm blind. I cannot and I won't. She was making friendships with presidents at the age of 23. She died at the age of 94 and some of her most famous hymns are Blessed Assurance, To God Be the, to God be the Glory, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior, Rescue O Perishing. She allowed God to shine through the biggest insecurity of her life, the biggest weakness of her life. God's plan is to use your insecurities and weaknesses for his glory. If I were to go to the store, would I pick a sweater with three holes in it? No, I would not, right? But you know what? If God were to go to a store, he would pick the one with the holes in it <laughs> because his strength is made perfect and weakness, weakness. So actually, our insecurities can become our biggest blessings. They can be the thing that God can shine through. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.27, if you could turn there with me, 1 Corinthians 1.27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. He would choose the weak, the one with the holes in it. When I watch football, now my husband loves football, and I have tried to understand it, but I still get confused. How many of you get confused in watching football? And if I don't know of a team that our family likes, I don't know either team, there's no team that my husband's rooting for, I will choose the underdog now why do we do that because we're just attracted to the one that's not meant to win that's how we are and that's how God is so actually every insecurity I have is really a positive thing 
because God is attracted to my weakness. When I am at my lowest, confounded by obstacles, I discover an astonishing truth. God is attracted to my weakness. He cannot resist those who humbly and honestly admit how desperately they need him and how encouraging that is. The devil wants us to think the opposite, right? He wants us to be overcome because of the insecurities, but that's actually what God is attracted to. I'm gonna repeat that because I think that's such a powerful quote. When I am at my lowest, confounded by obstacles, I discover an astonishing truth. God is attracted to my weakness. He cannot resist those who humbly and honestly admit how desperately they need him. We know oftentimes if we are weak or insecure, it's easy to be humble, right? Sometimes you could even interchange those words, but he dwells with the humble. He gives grace to the humble. He gives promotion to the humble. He hears the prayers of the humble and all that. uh, Several scriptures go with every one of those points, but God does not choose the fits. He fits the called. Saul and David's insecurities is what gained the attention of God. Saul was from the least likely family. David was the youngest of a poor family. They were not the ones that we would naturally pick, but God picked them. Too much of me erases him and too much of him erases me. I think of Amy Carmichael. What was the one thing she would change about herself that she prayed about that God would change? Her eyes. She asked God, she said, God, I know you're real. I know you hear my prayers. When I pray tonight, I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to ask when I wake up tomorrow, my eyes will be blue instead of brown. Now she woke up and she was disappointed as a little girl, but she didn't realize that God knew exactly what he was doing and the eye color that she had because she was going to be a missionary in India. And she could easily cover up the skin, her color of her skin with coffee, but she could not change her eye color. God did it on purpose. God did it on purpose. He made you just the way he wanted you. Everything that has touched your life, he allowed for a purpose. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, 15 through 17. 2 Corinthians 4, 15 through 17. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding weight, an eternal weight of glory. When God says all, he means all. We talked about that yesterday. It says all things are for your sakes. When I say all, it does not mean all. But when God says all, it means all. Sometimes we get to the point that we feel almost broken with so many insecurities and weaknesses because we compare ourselves, don't we? We as women, we just do that. And the Bible says that's unwise. We feel we have nothing to offer, but the exact time, at that exact time, God wants to use us in a great way. Number five, you can overcome your insecurities or you can let your insecurities overcome you. Will you allow your insecurities to dictate your whole life? They want to keep you in bondage. Or will you choose to fight to overcome the choices up to you? God blesses those who respond correctly to the tests he brings. Now we just have to realize who is behind the lies. Who is behind the lies? 
you know, it'd be neat if, have you ever been to a department store and you go out the door and it starts dinging or ringing and everyone's looking at you like you might have stole something? But I think it would be so neat to have something that would just ding, like that's an enemy, that's a lie from the enemy, ding, 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 you know? And we don't have that, but we have the Holy Spirit. And when we're conscious of it, one of the biggest struggles I've, I've faced my whole life is the struggle of worry, at the stronghold of worry. Ever since a little girl, I don't know, you know, some, I think some personalities just are worriers, right? And when a couple years ago, when I got serious, um, I told the Lord, I know this is a stronghold, and I know this is something that I struggle with. And some sins have become such a habit, we just go there automatically, right? But we have to realize that those thoughts are from the devil. And I'm a serious of the Lord. I said, Lord, I prayed so many times for victory, but I'm asking with all my heart that you would give me victory because I know this is giving place to the devil. Worry is not from God. And I said, I know this is giving place to the devil. Would you help me? And when God sees that we're serious with all of our heart, he will help us. He will help us. And you know, a lot of times, if you ever maybe been driving and you realize you're thinking about something for 30 minutes and you have no idea where that came from or where that thought, how did I even get here? Where did that come from? So we've got to be conscious of what we're thinking and ask the Lord, dear Lord, when those thoughts of insecurity come up, Lord, help me to detect it. Help me to be conscious of what I'm thinking about. And if we're conscious and we know this is not from God, this is not from God. God is not going to beat me up with feelings of insecurity. All doubts and negative thoughts are from the enemy. The Holy Spirit never, ever, ever suggests them. Never. He's the comforter, not the accuser. He never shows our need without the same time revealing our divine supply. So if a thought comes into my head, I am, I am of no worth. I am ugly. No one cares. God can never use me. I have nothing to offer. I can never change. Who are those thoughts from? The enemy. The enemy. And if we're conscious that this is not from God, and that we know casting down strongholds is what the Bible says, that cast that out as fast as you can. You know, consciously start thinking about something else or scripture or praying or singing, whatever it might be. But we can't let ourselves go down that trail. We'll become overcome with those thoughts. And then in um, number six, those that you love will benefit from your victory. You know, we hand down recipes, we hand down quilts and dishes, but let us hand down spiritual victories and testimonies of what God has brought us through. I want to tell my girls one day, because my girls are girls like we are. And they're going to have areas of insecurities like their mom does. And I want to say, you know what? I had the same thing, but God gave me victory. And this is how I did it. And you can get victory too. That's what we need. I know I'm 40, but having a lady that has already been there is something about that. Heather, I've been a young preacher's wife. I know what it feels like. This is what I did. This is what helped me. And we, as the next generation, we need to hear that. And I believe my, my girls are going to need to hear that one day. So if we as moms can figure this thing out, we can overcome. We can help the next generation. How do we overcome? Okay, so I get it that it's important to overcome. But how can I do that? Number one, we all know this, we must be saved. But we have to have confidence in it. A lot of women are saved, but they are not confident that they are saved. We have to believe the word of God. 
for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God saved me. And we have to believe it with all of our heart and be confident in that. Um, the Bible says in Revelation, we overcame him by the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony. And number two, tell God about your feelings of insecurity. Make that, when you feel those feelings, go straight to the Lord. Lord, this thought came into my head, and I know it's from the enemy. Lord, that's the way I feel. I, you know, and tell him, would you help me, Lord? I want you to turn into Hebrews 4, verse 15. Hebrews 4, verse 15. Hebrews 4, 15. I love this verse. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And remember, infirmity means feebleness of body or mind. It means insecurity. So I'll read it again. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That is a perfect scripture when it comes to insecurity because he knows how we feel. He is touched with the feeling of our, um, our infirmity. So tell God about your feelings of insecurity and weaknesses. Number three, cling to the word of God. I'm not talking about reading a verse in the morning or at night. I'm talking about if you are serious about overcoming, you cling to the word of God. A couple years ago, there was this, an area in my life that I wanted to get victory over. And I wrote every scripture out that I could find on that subject. And I would read it morning, evening, and night three times a day, or whenever that thought came in my brain, I would come back to the word of God. You know, the Bible says um, that his word converts our soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Now, what is a convertible known for? Change, right? It can change. So the Bible is telling us that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting our soul, changing me. It's alive. It's breathing. It can change me. If we get serious about it and we cling to the word of God, and then number four, trust God to meet your needs. Trust God to meet your needs. My husband is, is very faithful to um, just out of, the, out of nowhere to bring me flowers. And it had been a, a little while, and I remember thinking, Lord, I just would love to get some flowers today, but I'm not saying a word. I mean, who wants to ask someone to bring you flowers? But I just thought, Lord, it's just, I just kind of had a down day, and God, I sure would love to have flowers. Did you know within a week, I had three bouquets of flowers? And we think that, you know, we just want to think, oh, I don't, I've never gotten flowers. Nobody tells me that I'm beautiful. No one loves me. But why not talk to the Lord about it? Say, Lord, it would feel so good today if someone just gave me a hug. Lord, it would feel so good today if I just got a, a compliment or maybe if I got um, some kind words. Tell him your needs. Tell him your needs. And then daily fight wrong thoughts. We're talking about this is a battle. This is a battle, but this is where the battle starts. And I was talking to my husband. We've been studying about the mind. And, you know, I believe the devil fights our mind so much because it's how we communicate with God. You can pray right now in your minds, and I don't know it. You're just communicating with God. And the devil fights that because that's how we communicate with our Lord without anybody knowing it. 
and he'll be constantly throwing darts in your brain. And you have to be conscious of that and you have to fight it. Romans 12.2, if you could turn there with me. Romans 12.2. Bible says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How are we transformed? By the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, if you were to look up the word renew in the Greek, it would mean renovate. How many of you have renovated your kitchen or renovated your house? You know, that's what the Bible wants to do. The Lord wants to do with our mind. He wants to transform it. He wants to renovate it, and he does that through prayer and the Word of God. So we've got to daily fight wrong thoughts. Satan is the father of lies, John 8, 44. The enemy is warring against your mind. Now we have to evaluate when do we struggle the most with our insecurities. Is it when we're watching TV and movies of these perfect people? Is it when we're on the Internet and everyone's life looks wonderful but ours? When do we struggle the most? We have to evaluate that. Maybe there's some things that we can change or take away that helps us with our insecurities. When thoughts come to your head, identify where they came from, cast out the wrong thoughts, and go straight to prayer and to the Word of God. So I challenge you to be determined, to be a soldier, to overcome your insecurities so your insecurities do not overcome you.